after we are born again, changed by God, created into a new creature, we no longer want to be with those people that we were once with. We are very different. The main thing, the main characteristic I found in people who are born again is they want to read the Bible. They want to know God. They want to know what he approves. They're very different from the way they were before. There are people who have been attending church since they were taken there by their parents as babies. And there are some of us who did not attend church. But later in life, God spoke to us and caused us to be born again by changing our life, by giving us his Holy Spirit. So now with the Holy Spirit, we can control our own flesh by choosing to go in the way shown us by the Spirit of God as he brings to our mind information and concepts. And we control our own flesh, not letting it do the things it wants to do, but we choose to go in the way of the Spirit of God, which is the will of God, as we walk on this earth. So we are very different from the way we once were when we pursued our own desires, our own ambitions. Now we are servants of God. And it is very logical for us to expect to find other servants of God in the various churches. And therefore, we put ourselves into a church because we have a great desire to be with other people of God. Unfortunately, today it just doesn't always work out that way. We may find a few people in that church group who really belong to God are born again. But what I have found is the vast number of people who attend churches have a facade of spirituality. They like the ritual, they like the choirs, they like the buildings, they like the way it looks, they like the social activities, but they don't have that deep love of God like we do. And this presents a problem. Often they remove scriptures from their church group in order to please people and to keep from offending other people who would come to their church if they could do so while continuing in their sins. But the real church is not like that. The real church are the people who are the chosen of God the elect of God, having the Spirit of God. There is a story where a man planted a field, but the devil came along and put tares in there with the wheat. It causes so much trouble 
when there is one person who genuinely has the Spirit of God and another person who is following man and what he tells them to do. This is the parable of the tares and the wheat. Matthew 13, start at verse 24. Another parable he, Jesus, put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seeds in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? And he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And that is what we see today. In addition today, we have churches that remove portions of the doctrine of Christ from the Holy Bible and set up other doctrines for their church to follow. And this falling away from Scripture is Antichrist in the churches today. For as soon as Scripture is removed, the door is opened in the church for Antichrist to move in. Paul talks about that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Start at verse 3. Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In 1982, I was reading this passage of scripture, and God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the church. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. Then in 2017, God spoke to me the word restrains. And I looked that up and found it in the New American Standard Version, NASB. Verse 6 of 2 Thessalonians 2. 
And you know what restrains Antichrist now, so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is removed. Then that lawless one will be revealed. And I said to God, Who is it that restrains Antichrist and keeps him out of the church? And instantly I knew, It's Jesus the Word. As long as the Word is upheld in the church group, Antichrist cannot come in. But the minute they start changing the Word, they remove the Word. They actually remove Jesus when they remove the Word. An example of this is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. Let's look at that. Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Several years ago in our little church group, I learned that one of the men in the group was filing divorce papers against his wife. I called him as soon as I heard of this. And I asked him, is your wife unfaithful to you? And he said, no. And I said, the only scriptural reason for a man to divorce his wife is if she is unfaithful to him. And I presented Matthew 5.32 to this man. Apparently, he looked at the scripture seriously in Matthew 5.32, and then he removed his legal proceedings from the courts against his wife. Now, this is a case of the restraint against Antichrist being held up by the scriptures, and this man followed the scriptures. As long as we follow the scriptures, Antichrist cannot move into our lives. But the minute we turn from scriptures and go another way, Antichrist can move in. And the same thing applies to the churches. And when Jesus returns, he returns for the elect of God. Well, there are a great many people sitting in churches who have never been born again. And they are not the elect of God. And the thing that will happen when Jesus returns is told to us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Go back to the King James Version. When Jesus returns, verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. It's like the parable of the wheat and the tares, the tares which are basically weeds, will be destroyed. And so will it be with the apostate church 
and the Antichrist. Jesus tells us in Revelation chapter 3 concerning the church at Sardis, which was such a bad church, that even at Sardis, though, there are some who belong to him and are worthy of walking with him. Let's look at Revelation chapter 3. Start at verse 1. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works to be perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will Come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Verse 5 He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Even as bad as that one church group was, there were a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. In this book that Pam Paget and I have just written, which you can hear on these podcasts as well as read on these podcasts, you are going to see many things about attending church and the way God led us and what happened. Many different churches. Pam was raised Catholic. She was baptized as a baby in the Catholic Church. She was put in Catholic school. I was not taken to church by my parents. We didn't go to any church. But I went to church from time to time with my favorite aunt, who was Church of Christ. And at the age of 15, I was baptized. But my life did not change because I put myself into the church by my own will. I wasn't taken there by the Spirit of God. I didn't have the Spirit of God. And yet through the years, even as a child, God was teaching me. Then when I was 37 years old, God spoke to me and I was born again instantly. Then everything changed. So you're going to hear many wonderful things in this book and you are going to see some of the reasons 
for your frustration as you have tried to attend church. And once you see the reasons for your frustration, you will no longer be frustrated. You will simply understand what is happening. And you will understand at the end times the church fell away from Scripture. And this had to happen before Jesus returns to gather the elect of God. For that's what Paul tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2. And once we understand that, we are no longer so terribly upset when we see other people who attend church who do not seem to care about the Word of God as we care about the Word of God. We have an increasingly lightened burden when we understand what is going on at the end times and how God told us this would happen. So we bring out all of these things in this book. And I think you will find it is very encouraging to you if you are the elect of God and born again. And it shows you the way of God. And some of you will be born again as you read this book. So now I'm going to take chapter one of this new book and share that with you. My first experience with attending church came sometime when I was approximately four years old. My mother and father did not attend any church. We had no Bible at our house. I don't recall them mentioning church at all. We lived in a very small village north of Clovis, New Mexico. We had about 10 houses in the little village and two grocery stores. There were two churches, Nazarene and Church of Christ. I know I went at least once to the Church of Christ when I was four or five years old. I don't remember anything about the church service. I think some of my older cousins went there. They were sort of distance cousins, but they were relatives. And as far as I would know, they would have taken me to church, for my mother and dad did not go to church. I went to the Nazarene church four or five times in very early childhood. They had a piano at the Nazarene church, and one of my classmates' uh, cousins, Mrs. Johnson, played the piano. She was sort of blubbery when she spoke and sort of spit when she spoke her words. That she played the piano and she was very lively and bounced around a lot on the piano bench. We sang one song that I recall, The Wise Man Built His House Upon a Rock. And it was fun to sing it and I think we did little hand motions with it as if we were building something. But I didn't know what it meant until much later and I didn't know the scripture that was attached to it at all. But when we visited my favorite aunt, Aunt Artis, I always went to church with her, if it was a Sunday that we were in town. Often my parents did not like to visit her on weekends because of her church activities, 
and my mother uh, did not want to go to church with Aunt Artis, although she always invited her to go. She didn't, didn't want to go with her, but I always went. My aunt lived on the other side of the state, so we didn't go over there very many times during the course of the month. But if it was a Sunday, I always went to church with Aunt Artis. They taught at the Church of Christ that they were the only church. And as a child, I thought that was true because it was the church that my favorite aunt attended. This is the way we think about our churches. If our grandmother went there, that must be good. So many people basically attend church based on the fact that their relatives attend that church. When I was approximately four years old, something happened. I went with that artist to church, and as we sat there, I heard the man at the front of the room call my name. I stood up and answered before all the church and said, Yes? I think that's all I said, and then my aunt, I'm sure, got me back quiet and put me back on the church bench. Recently, in thinking about this, I was reminded of the prophet Samuel. As a little child, he was given to serve the Lord, and he was in the temple with Eli. 1 Samuel 3, 4. The Lord called Samuel, and he answered him, Here am I. And that's just almost exactly what happened to me that day at that Church of Christ. Someone called my name, and I stood up and said, Yes, and I think it was God calling my name. And yet it wasn't until I was 37 years old that I was truly what we call born again and changed by God. But God was teaching me during many of those early years. When I was five years old, one of my relatives gave me for my birthday a Bible. It was a little white Bible, King James Version. And when I was in bed, I often took a flashlight, even at that age, and would read from that Bible. I could already read before I went to school as a six-year-old. And one day I asked Aunt Artis, where is it in the Bible where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? And she told me where I could find that. I don't remember any human saying that to me. I don't know why I wanted to find it. But I would suspect that God himself spoke those words to me when I was five years old and that I was trying to find where those words were in the Bible. So I asked an artist and she told me how to find it. At the Church of Christ service, they passed around a plate that had crackers on it. And I watched them very carefully. 
somebody must have told me that I couldn't have the crackers because I wasn't old enough. But I watched my aunt. She would break off a piece of the cracker and put it in her mouth, and she looked very solemn. And then a little while later, they came with a tray that had little individual cups of purple-colored liquid, and my aunt would take the cup and drink it. I didn't know what this meant, but I'm quite sure somebody told me I wasn't old enough to have it at that time. When I was approximately six years old, I awoke one morning and my mother was speaking to her youngest sister, my aunt, who lived with us at that time. And my mother was talking about my dad's first wife. I didn't know he'd been married before. And I was just horrified because I knew it was wrong to divorce and remarry. The only one who could have taught me this is God, because we did not go to any church, and I'm quite sure none of my relatives ever mentioned the subject. And it had to be God who was teaching me even as early as four and five and six years old. In Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, we read, For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. He hates divorce. In the beginning, God created male and female, and the man clave to his wife and forsook all others. And they became one flesh and were together until death did them part. God hates divorce. In Hebrews 8, verse 10, we read, This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, just directly, without us learning these things. God puts his laws into the hearts and minds of those people who are the elect of God. And I think this is what was happening to me in very early childhood. God was putting into my heart and mind what he thought about the situations of this present life. When I was 15 years old, I was baptized at Church of Christ. I went forward one night at a service to be baptized because I did not want to go to hell. And I thought that was the way to keep from going to hell. Now, my life didn't change at all. I continued my own desires, my own pursuits, my own ambitions. I never thought of asking God For his will, I never thought of reading the Bible to try to find out the will of God. I didn't really think of anybody but myself at that age. And after I was baptized, I wasn't changed. I didn't know I was a sinner. I really didn't. I just didn't want to go to hell. 
So I am saying at that point in time, the Holy Spirit did not come to convict me of my sins. And I was not sealed with the Holy Spirit at that time. I would have told you that I was a Christian after I did this because I thought that's what caused me to be a Christian is to be baptized. But after God spoke to me when I was 37, then everything changed. My life changed. I was changed. Just like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. All things become new. As soon as God spoke to me on December 5th, 1975, it was in the night, and God spoke to me these words. Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. And I was changed. From that point on, I didn't want to be around the people I'd once been around. And I wanted to read the Bible. And I wanted to go to church. I was changed. I was a new creature. But that was when I was 37 years old. But thank God I was born again and given His Spirit. And later I learned the working of the Holy Spirit, and what the Holy Spirit does for us, and how to listen for the Holy Spirit, and to recognize His voice. And then I could follow God. At the time I was born again, 37 years old, I owned a small business in Dallas, Texas. I had gallbladder surgery and was staying at the home of my best friend and her husband. At the time, I was born again. That morning, after God spoke to me, I was walking past Donna, and I said, Oh, by the way, Donna, I don't think I've been a Christian until now. And she said, What? What did you just say? Come back here. We never really imagine that anyone will be excited over what has happened to us when we're born again. We are excited, but it really doesn't occur to us usually that anyone else will care, but they do. Donna said about a week before this had happened to me, she and her husband had decided that I really wasn't born again, though I thought I was a Christian, and that's exactly true. But after God spoke to me, everything changed. A few days after this happened, In the night, I was asleep, and I was transported into heaven. I knew I was with God. I was with Christ. I was with the Holy Spirit. I didn't see any images at all. It was a spiritual experience. But at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. The next morning, I was really on fire for things of God. I cared no more about my business after that. All I wanted to do was read the Bible and go to church. And I also began 
attending a prayer group in our neighborhood where once a week we would gather to pray for people. But I read the Bible constantly because I had three women who worked for me in my business and they were so good at running the business, I didn't have to go into the business at all. I could stay home and read the Bible all day. The only time I had to go do anything with the business is if we had an appraisal, I had to go do the, the appraisal. And I had to go out to New Mexico to the Indian reservations to buy the merchandise for my business, which was an American Indian arts business. The rest of the time, I was completely free to stay home and read the Bible. And that was beginning in 1975, of December 75, and continued for the next four or five years. All I did was go to church, read the Bible, go to the prayer group. But several things happened at the churches that I tried to attend. And this is another story entirely, which we will pick up with the next podcast. The book that we have just written will be published on Amazon very soon, and it is entitled Attending Church. I think you will really be enlightened by these chapters as we go through this book. The next podcast I will pick up with the subject of attending church after I was born again. Thank you very much for listening to this broadcast.